want to welcome all of those at all of our campuses. I'm going to particularly welcome each week the men and women at the Orleans Justice Center, St. Tammany Parish Jail, those at our Baton Rouge campus, Gulf Coast campus, those on the South Shore. Come on, can we just welcome all those? Man, the first Sunday of a new year. Man, I don't know about you guys, but I am fired up. There is something in the air. Uh, there's something in our hearts. I know there's an expectation. I've talked to so many people. Uh, man, just people are fired up. I know in a general sense, people are excited about a new year, but as Christ's followers, I mean, you know, the Bible says the Holy Spirit's on the inside of us. And there's a faith, there's a hope, and I, I just want to say this as your pastor, man. I am believing God for big things in your life this year. Come on, how many of y'all are believing with me? For you, on an individual level, for your family, for our church family. It's like Ephesians 3.20, God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond. That's just bubbling up in my heart. So I trust you guys have had a good couple weeks uh, of vacation or holiday time and Christmas and New Year's always fun. Uh, those of you that have children that are out of school, uh, they'll be going back tomorrow. Can I have a big amen? Come on, right now, I'm just... No, that's not. I shouldn't have said it like that. But anyway, so much fun to be with our kids. I, um, I am fired up. I'm fired up because every year at this time, we do what's called a community series. Anywhere from five, six, sometimes seven weeks. This time it's going to be seven weeks. And we take a theme. We take a theme that I believe that God's given us. And I talk about it with our lead team and we really pray over it. And this year we're going to talk about the concept of if only. And it's really a whole series over how to, how to make peace with your past and how to live intentionally towards your future. In other words, how can we live a life of no regrets? Now, now some of you that are guests or are new, by the way, we are so excited to have our guests. We know over the next six, seven weeks, There'll literally be hundreds and hundreds of guests at all of our campuses. We love you guys. We're fired up uh, to be able to connect with you, to be able to meet you, and I really mean that. Uh, and I do want to say for all of our guests, we do something in the beginning of the year because I think it's important. All of our campuses, we even talk about it with our teenagers. There's something about the power of uniting together around a topic, around a theme. Matter of fact, a couple years ago, we've been doing this for seven, eight years a couple years ago, we did a, a series called uh, Getting to the Other Side. How, how, how do we get through the problems that we're facing? I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but we had, I think, nine or 10,000 people involved in small groups during that series. Last year, we did a series called Above the Noise. How many of y'all were a part of that series last year? I think we had 10, right at 11,000 people uh, in small groups. Again, a lot of people that don't go to our church. Again, this is an opportunity to invite them to be able to be involved. This year, we're doing a topic. I, I am so excited. I want to thank all of our small group leaders. We have over 1,100 small groups that we believe that. There will be eleven to 12,000 people in small groups. Can we give it up for all the small group leaders? Come on. Thank you, guys. Thank you for saying yes. Thank you for participating and being a part of this. You know, it's interesting, I, uh, and we get into the new year, uh, again, you go online, you see people, you read things. Everybody's uh, involved with setting goals and expectations for a new year. That's right. It's appropriate. By the way, goal, goal settings in the Bible. Hebrews chapter 2, make a vision, write it down. Those that have a vision that's written down, a goal that's written down, you run towards it. God has designed us neurologically to move towards goals. We are goal-oriented in our, in, in our humanity. God has created us that way. 
But what I found is, is that when people have goals and expectations for the future, sometimes we start taking a couple steps towards that, but, but then all of a sudden it's like we, we hit some, some, some roadblocks, but the roadblocks often are not in front of us. The roadblocks are something that's tied to our past. Now hear me closely on this. This is important. Sometimes we're tethered to our past because of regrets that hindered us, that hinders us from moving in faith towards our future. In other words, it's an energy drain if we're always thinking about past regrets. Listen, here, here, here's the famous line. I, I, I could have, would have, should have. I could have done this. I would have done this, but I should have done this. And what happens is if our mind is filled with could have, would have, should have, then, then we, 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 we take steps forward, but then we take a step backwards. So this series, number one, it's about making peace with your past. Some of you guys that are still hung up with some issues in your past, God wants us to make peace with our past, but he also wants us to learn to live intentionally so that when we get to the end of our lives, some of you have heard that famous story that Stephen Covey actually talked about, that eulogy, the whole principle of getting to the end of your life and start with the end in mind and, and working with the end. What do you want people to say What about you at your funeral? But also, what do you want to say about your life as you move towards the end? I don't want to get to that last phase of my life where I'm saying, man, I regret this. I should have done this. I would have. Hey, listen, number one, let's make peace with our past. Everyone say peace with our past. But then, this series is not just that, that's one side of it, but also let's live intentionally towards the future so that when we get to that season of our lives, some of you guys are there right now, but how many of you know if you still have a pulse, you still have a purpose? Boy, that was good. I just kind of thought of that. If you, let me tell you something. I don't care if you're at 70, 80, 90, or whatever your age is. How many know, listen, I'm 51. How many know 70s? That's not old at all. And I mean that. As long as, long as, you, as long as you have a pulse, as long as you're breathing, God still has an assignment for your life, and you can still let go of the things that are negative in your past and still be excited about your tomorrow. That's what I want to help you with. I want to help you with six different topics. We're going to be talking about how you can get unhooked from the past and how you can live intentionally towards your future. Now, I want to say this. I'll do it one time. I want to just uh, kind of cast some vision for everybody related to inviting people. I'm going to say this one more time because next week we start, all right? So all the guests will be here. This is one of the greatest opportunities. You know, Christmas and Easter, I think we had 15,000, 16,000 people at all of our Christmas services. It's easy to invite people to church during Christmas Eve it's also easy to invite people during Easter, but I would say this series, because it's topical, we give you the different messages. People say, and, and here's what I would say, your neighbors, maybe you've been driving by your neighbors and, and, and you thought, you know, at some point in time, I want to invite them to church. This is the series to do it. Because the topic everybody deals with, they get hung up with their past. So I want to encourage you with your neighbors, all right? Maybe this is the year that you actually have to let them know that you are a Christian. Can I have a big amen right there? That, mess, that may mean you have to drive differently down the street. Come on now. Come on, work with me. All right, all right, all right. The point is, hey, those neighbors you've been wanting to invite, I'm going to do my part. All right, I'm going to do my part. I'm asking you to do your part. How about your coworkers? Let me tell you what's so cool about having campuses all over southeast uh, Louisiana and Mississippi. You say, well, I work in New Orleans, but my, a great coworker, they live in Baton Rouge. Hey, praise God, we got a campus in Baton Rouge now. Or, well, you know, I, I, I live on the North Shore, but I work on that. We have campus on the South Shore and North Shore, Mississippi, Gulf Coast, Baton Rouge. So that coworker, 
a person that you really want to share. And I'm going to ask you to partner with me. You don't have to maybe have all the wisdom and all the knowledge, but you can invite them to church and ask them to go to lunch afterwards. And I'm going to do my part. Each topic is going to be relevant to different points in their life, making peace with their past, connecting with people, making a difference with your life. By the way, I've got, a, I've got on, the, on, on January 25th and 26th a good friend of mine, a mentor of mine, who's coming live in person, Dr. John Maxwell, is going to be talking about the power of influence. I thought about if there's anybody, if there's anybody that knows about leaving a legacy, spiritually speaking, making an impact and influencing people, it's him. And so each message is designed. I'm going to also encourage you. You can go online, churchthekingcom I think, slash, uh, if only. You can do an electronic invite. Whether it's through Facebook, you can invite people. Why do I want you to do this? It's not for me. It's for them. It's for you. It's for you that you can, you can finally come to a point where you can have some family members, you can talk about Jesus together. And you can collectively make an impact. Listen, I know the pain of what it may feel like to say, you know, my spouse or one of my kids or I have this cousin. or look, We all have somebody in our lives somewhere that doesn't know Christ. Let's partner together. I'm going to say it again. I'm going to do my part, all right? I'm not going to just get up each week, tell a joke, pull one scripture out. I'm going to study. I've got my messages planned. I'm going to be going over them. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to ask you to do your part. Let's partner together. Now, let me, before we jump into the Bible, let me talk about one other guest. All right? We're going to have a lot of guests, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of guests, people that are going to be coming at all of our campuses because you guys are going to invite them. But number two, we're going to have a very special guest as well. Not just Dr. John Maxwell, somebody much more important than that. I am believing God that this guest, listen, when he comes, listen, I, I remember as a kid, you know, your parents tell you, you know, so we have this special person coming over and we need to prepare. Everyone say prepare. You know who I'm believing shows up in a dynamic way in your life personally, in your family, in our church? I'm believing that God shows up in a dynamic way in our lives. Listen, the most important guest is the Holy Spirit. We're asking God to come and visit us over the next seven weeks like never before. How many are believing that God shows up in supernatural power? I'm believing that. If you have your Bible, I'm going to ask you to open up to Exodus chapter 18. I want to talk to you about how to have a new year, how to experience a new year. I'm going to talk to you and out of Exodus chapter 19, it's a very important, intriguing story, preparing for a new year. And I think there's some principles in this story. Why is that so important? The book of Exodus, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus. Again, those of you that have enjoyed Pastor David Garmo last week, he's fantastic. Talking about reading our Bible. The book of Exodus picks up where God has called Moses to lead the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage. Again, I've taught on this so many times, but the children of Israel finally are delivered from Egyptian bondage and they, they come up to this first body of water, the Red Sea. Watch this. They come through the Red Sea and they start a wilderness journey. Very early in the wilderness journey, God gives them some instructions. This is important. Very early in the wilderness journey, God gives them some instructions and I want to pass these instructions on to you because they're instructions on how, quote, they can experience something fresh in their relationship with God that I think is important for us. How can we experience a fresh encounter with God in 2020? As a matter of fact, I hope that I end up 2020 more in love with God than right now. 
I, matter of fact, I hope I end up 2020 more in love with my spouse. I hope I end up as a better leader, a better father, a better husband. In other words, I don't want to end up less than, I want to end up more than than right now. But here's the thing, I've got to prepare. Everyone say prepare. So this story, it's very powerful. Right in the very beginning of the wilderness journey, God speaks to Moses to tell the children of Israel some things. I'm going to read a little bit more scripture than I normally do, but I think that this, this, this whole text sets us up for the journey we're about to take for the next seven weeks. All right, Exodus chapter 19, verse 2. Here's what the Bible says. When they'd set out from Rephidim, remember, they'd just come through the Red Sea. They came to the wilderness of Sinai and camped in the wilderness, and there... Israel camped in front of the mountain. What mountain is that? It's Mount Sinai, this big, huge mountain they come to. And Moses went up to God, and the Lord called to him from the mountain, saying, Thus you shall say to the house of Jacob, and tell the sons of Israel. So Moses is on this mountain, and God gives him instructions that when he comes down from the mountain, he's to instruct the children of Israel. Well, we're going to find out what he's supposed to say. You yourselves have seen what I did to the Egyptians, and how I bore you on eagles' wings, and I brought you to myself. Verse 5. Now then, if you will indeed obey my voice and keep my covenant, and then you shall be my own possession among all the peoples, for all the earth is mine. Verse 6. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. And these are the words that you shall speak to the sons of Israel. So Moses came and called the elders of the people. So now he comes down from the mountain, all right, and now he gathers these folks, and he begins to give the instructions. So Moses came and called the elders of the people, and he set before them all these words which the Lord had commanded him. Verse 8. And the people answered together. Everyone say together. It's going to be a very important point in a moment. And all the people answered together. There's power in unity. There's power in the people of God coming together. And they said, all that the Lord has spoken we will do. And Moses brought back the words of the people to the Lord. Verse 9, the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I will come to you in a thick cloud so that the people may hear what I speak with you and may also believe in you forever. Then Moses told the words of uh, the people to the Lord. So he's talking to them. And now he's bringing the words back to God. He's going back and forth. Then the Lord also said to Moses, Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. And let them wash their garments, verse 11. And let them be ready. Very important word. Let them be ready. Let them be ready for what, Pastor? Pastor, do you mean there's something that we need to do? See, what I found as I walk with the Lord is there's things that only God can do. But then there's also things that God requires for us to do. See, for a God encounter, it's not all up to God. It's God's the initiator, but we're the responder. But there's something about the power of preparation. And he said, I'm about to come down, and I'm going to visit these people. As a matter of fact, here's what I want them to do. Let them be ready. What do you mean, let them be ready? In other words, there, there's, there's an ownership. There's a responsibility for the children of Israel. If they want me to come do what I want to do, they've got to ready themselves. Let them be ready. For the third day, for on the third day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai in the sight of all the people. Let me jump to verse 17 and I'll conclude. And Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God. 
And they stood at the foot of the mountain. I want to talk to you briefly as we begin this journey, as I set this up over the next seven weeks. I'll start my messages next week. I'll go through six different topics. You'll have reading, all the above. But, but there's, something about, there's something about preparation. I want to talk to you about four steps to a new year. Here's my prayer for you. My prayer for you is the same prayer that I have. Oh, God, do something in my life in the beginning of the year so that I end up the year differently than how I began. You guys have heard this so many times, insanity, what? It's a definition of insanity is what? Doing the same things over and over and expecting different what? Say it. So we want to be closer to God. So how is it that we're going to be closer to God at the end of the year than we are right now? How are we going to be more of an effective believer at the end of the year? So we've got to do some things differently. We've got to make some decisions differently. Out of this story, I'm going to give you four ways to prepare for the new year. Number one, we've got to get ourselves ready. Now, I want to clarify something. I want to clarify something. There's things that only God can do that we can't do, but there's things that only we can do that he wants us to do, that he requires for us to do. In other words, we can't do God's part, but God won't do our part. Let me say that again. We can't do God's part, but he won't do our part. Number one, if we want to, listen, if we want to end up 2020 in a different place, spiritually speaking, as a matter of fact, over the next seven weeks, there's something about the beginning of a day. There's something about, in the Bible, the beginning of a week. But there's something also about the beginning of a new year, spiritually speaking. It's not just that we're going to go to the gym and lose weight. Can I have a big amen? All the gyms are packed. You always know who just is just new because they've got all the new gear. something about the beginning of the day. There's something about the beginning of a week. There's something about the beginning of the year. Number one, we've got to get ourselves ready. Exodus chapter 19, verse 10. I'll read this again. The Lord said to Moses, go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow and let them wash their garments and let them be ready. There's a readying. For on the third day, the Lord will come down. I wrote this down. Every one of us were busy. Everyone has responsibilities, and many have families to take care of, and tasks to achieve, initiatives to accomplish. There's a lot for all of us on our to-do lists. We've all got to-do lists. And yet, God says, this is what is important. I want you to carve out some time. God told Moses to tell the children of Israel, I want you to carve out some time. Why? Because in this carving out of time, I want you to set aside some time. I want you to make some decisions today to ready yourself today for what God wants to do tomorrow. In other words, God's going to do his part, but he's requiring us to do something on our part. You guys have talked, you, I'm sure you've heard about the, 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 the key to greatness is preparation for today. We don't wait till we get in the game to prepare. We prepare before the game. We don't wait till, till we're week three for the series. We, we start now. We don't wait for July to make a new decision for God. We do it in January. Why? Because I want to be on fire in July for the Lord. That means I've got to make some decisions today i got to make some decisions. The, the, the first moments that I wake up in the morning, I've got to make some decisions. The first day of the week, let us say unto the Lord, let us be glad when we come into the house of the Lord, the beginning of the day, the beginning of the week, and the beginning of the year. In other words, I've got to ready myself. I, I've got to make some decisions today. You and I, we've got to make some decisions. 
What do we want out of our relationship with God? I mean, look, you love Christ, you're going to heaven. I mean, praise the Lord, you've received Jesus. But how many know the Bible also says, James 4, draw near to God, he'll draw near to you. You can be as intimate with God as you desire if you make a choice to get closer. He's initiated, it's now our response. God told Moses, tell the children of Israel, set aside some time and ready themselves. Question, are you willing over the next seven weeks to set aside some time? Are you willing to ready yourself? Or are you going to get to January and then August go, you know, next year, next year I'm going to make some changes. Why not today? Today. Everyone say today. Today is the day of salvation. Why not today? Why not this series? Why not this month? Why, why, not, why not today? Why not in this message? Maybe you make a mental note or an internal note in your heart. You say, you know what? Today is the day. I, 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 this is going to be the series. I'm going to be all in. I'm not doing all this for myself. I, I'm doing this for you guys. I'm studying the Word. I'm going to the Word. We're writing devotionals. This is a lot of work, a lot of time, a lot of, lot of, lot of effort, a lot of energy. Why are we doing this? We want everybody to have one. It's not to make $10. Take one if you want one. Buy one for a friend. Take as many as you need. Why? We're doing this because we want to help you. We want to help you end up 2020 different than you begin. And all of us can get closer to God. Come on, are you all with me? All of us. Well, it's going to, make, it's going to take a decision. Number one, are we willing to set aside time to make ourselves ready? Number two, the second way to prepare for a new word is we're, gonna, we're not going to get any closer to God if we're not willing to get into his word. Allow your heart to be challenged in 2020 like never before. Allow your mindset to be challenged. Look at Exodus chapter 19, verse 5 and 6. I'm just teaching verse by verse through this. Watch this. Look what God told Moses to tell the children of Israel. Now then, if you will indeed obey my voice, that's his word. And keep my covenant, that's his promise. Then you shall be my own possession among all the peoples, for all the earth is mine. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. I wrote this down. We often fall into the trap of thinking that real, long-term transformation is impossible. That it's only reserved for those special few. Pastor, you know what? There's just this special person that they're just, they just have something about their lives and just everything goes right and everything, I mean, they fall into a, to a rose bush. They, 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 they come out smelling like roses. They don't get stuck. That's not true. The Bible says the rain falls on the just and the unjust. The Bible says Jesus himself, in this world, you're going to have tribulations, but... How you come out of it, how you come through it is dependent upon, have you allowed God's word to penetrate your life? I'll go a step further. Have you allowed God's word to penetrate your thinking, your believing? Let me tell you what I'm going to be doing during this series. Each one of the topics is intentionally designed to challenge different areas of our lives. See, here's the deal. Pastor, I want to feel differently. I want to behave differently. Well, where does our behavior come from? Our behavior comes from our feelings, and our feelings come from our thoughts. It all starts with our thoughts. If we change our thinking, then we'll change our feeling, and if we change our feeling and our thinking, we'll change our behavior. So I want to do some things differently. Well, it's only going to happen as we allow our thoughts to be challenged. Are you willing? Question, are you willing? I'm asking everybody this. 
Make it a rhetorical question where you don't have to answer it out loud, but deeply think about it. Are you willing to allow me to challenge you in your thinking through God's word the next seven weeks? I'm, I'm asking you that. I, I'm asking everybody at our Baton Rouge campus, our South Shore campus, our Gulf, Co Gulf Coast campus, are you, you going to allow me to use the word of God to challenge you in your thinking? Because here's what I know. If your thinking changes, your feelings will change and your behavior will change. See, see, it all goes back to our thinking. Matter of fact, that's why Paul the Apostle, one of the famous verses in the Bible, was an admonishment. You know what an admonishment is? It's an encouragement with a touch. <laughs> it, it's not just, you're amazing, you're wonderful. It's, you're amazing, but you got to step up. It's, there's, there's something, it's, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a little bit of a it's, a, it's it's God, it's not a reprimand, it's an admonishment. If you want to change your behavior, you got to change how you feel because we're going to consistently perform how we feel. We're going to make decisions. But if you want to change how you feel, you got to change what you think. And you know that this is true. Let me give you an example. So, well, Pastor, I don't think my feelings are corrected. I don't think they're connected to my thinking. I don't think my behavior. Yes, it is. You can go into a movie that's false. The movie is a total fictional thing. It's made up. It doesn't have anything to do with reality. And you're watching a movie and you're watching it and you can start crying. That's feelings. And you can slap your spouse going, ah, that's called behavior all based upon what you're thinking. And the whole thing's a lie. It's not true. It's not that it's a lie. It's just made up. Oh, I never thought about that. Well, you mean, you mean my behavior is connected to my, my feeling, and my feelings are connected to my thing. That's what Paul said. Romans chapter 12, verse 1. Therefore, I urge you. I urge you. I'm urging you guys the next seven weeks. Let's make some changes. Let's do something different. Don't let this be, oh, this is the cliche. The preacher, wind him up. He talks real strong in January trying to get us fired up. Of course that's what I'm supposed to do. Because the first part of the day, the first part of the week, the first part of the year, it's important to God. It's important to you. It should be. Paul says, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, if I could get on my knees and say, please, guys, the next seven weeks, give us your next seven weeks and watch what God will do in your life. Watch what God will do. Paul says, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies, not just your mind, not just your emotions, not just your decision-making skills, not just, listen, your whole life. If you present it to God, as a living and a holy acceptable to God, which is a reasonable service, watch what's going to happen. Verse 2, and do not be conformed to this world. The word conformed is to be pressed into the mold, the cultural mores, the ideologies, the philosophies, the thought process. You, you know, every day you're offered, you and I are offered a, a, a worldview. We're offered a thought process. We're, we're, offered, we're offered different thinking. We're, we're offered cultural commentators telling us how we should think. And how we, wait, wait. But, 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 but God says, listen, don't be pressed into the world. No, don't be pressed into the world. I remember as a kid, how many of y'all remember paper mache? Do y'all remember making little things? How many of y'all remember uh, plaster Paris things you'd make at school when you were kids? Anybody remember that? Or those of you that have seen semen, don't allow your thinking to get poured into the mold of the world. Because if you think like the world, you're going to feel like the world. And if you feel like the world, you're going to make decisions like the world. Here's a worldly thought. Don't forgive, get even. Ugh, that person did this to me. I'll get them back. Okay, that's worldly thinking. That's why you have worldly feelings. Are y'all with me? Boy, it got real quiet in church. 
Pastor, leave my feelings alone. I don't like them. Paul says, I urge you. Listen, but, everyone say but. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is good. If I ask all of you guys, how many of y'all want to fulfill the will of God for your life? Everybody would raise their hand. It's key. It's tied into something. Listen, here it is. Transformation of your thinking. Well, how do I transform my thinking? Through the word of God. Each topic. Next week. Next week, I'm going to talk about the psychology of regret. What does it mean to regret? How it impacts, how it impacts your life. How regret impacts how you think, how you interface with people. What a shame-based nature is and how that impacts you. I need a full blast of God's truth to get me, to get all the bugs off the windshield so that I can see clearly, so that I can have faith for my future, that I can move forward. So that when I come to July, I'm more in love with God. I'm more passionate about my marriage. I'm more excited about the call of God on my life. But it's going to happen as I allow, listen, the word of God to transform me. By the way, by the way, that's why we wrote this daily devotional. The daily devotional, listen, seven or eight minutes a day. And this is a very good devotional. It's all my messages, all my materials, and our, our, our small group team put it in a small group format. By the way, can we give it up for our team that does this every year? Come on, Pastor Danny, Kenya, Missy Mike, the whole team, Pastor Randy, all of them. This is fantastic. So seven or eight minutes a day. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to wake up. I'm challenging you, all right? I'm urging you. Let me say it that way. I'm urging you. You're going to wake up. There's 40 readings. It takes seven or eight minutes. The pain of regret is something we all experience at some point in our lives, regardless of our age. It's almost unavoidable. Then I begin to get into Scripture, and I begin to get to deal with how we can get untethered from our past. Seven or eight minutes to see your life change. Is it worth it? I think it is. Number one, everyone say, get ready. Everyone say, get in the Word. All right, let me give you two more and we'll close. Five minutes, stay with me. Number three, get in a group. Exodus 19, 17, and Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God and they stood at the foot of the mountain. I wrote this down. This verse contains a very important spiritual truth. The truth is most life-altering encounters with God require us to leave the routine, to leave our ruts, our rituals, our routine. In other words, here it is. If you and I want to experience God in a fresh way in 2020, we've got to be willing to get out of our comfort zone. And for some of you guys, going to someone's house or showing up at a coffee shop to talk to people that you may not know, that may be getting out of your comfort zone. I want to encourage you. We have 1,100 groups, more than that. we got groups everywhere, all different times. Well, pastor, and I say this every year because it's important because I, 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 I'm trying to communicate something to people. Well, Pastor Steve, what if we go to a group? What if I go to a group and I don't like it? Leave. <laughs> Find another group. And I say that respectfully. This is not North Korea, and I mean that. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that, but I did anyway. You can go to another group, and I, and I really mean that. Well, pastor, what if I go to another group, and I, I just don't connect? You can go to another group. If you go to a third group, and it's always the, I'll just say this respectfully, there's one common denominator in each one of those scenarios. <laughs> At some point in time, you got to say, do I have issues? 
Now, we all have some issues. Okay, don't misunderstand me. But my, my, my point is, you know, pastor, it's like when the guy said, I'm looking for the perfect church. I'm like, don't come here. I'm just telling you, we're, this is an imperfect people. We're all imperfect. It's not the beautiful people, the pretty people, the perfect people. That's another church. That's somewhere else. That, that's actually called heaven. Are y'all with me? So I, I'm glad that I can go to a small group. Let me tell you what happens. You go to a small group, you're like, you know, okay. And, and y'all you, you, remember this. You put one foot in, you take one foot out. You remember, remember, come on, hokey pokey. <laughs> you get to a small group, you're like, you know what? I, um, I, I had this issue in my life one time, and I was kind of struggling a little bit. And so here's what people do. They go. <laughs> and they're watching, and it feels so good when somebody goes, really? I not only had that issue, I had another one. <laughs> and all of a sudden you realize, you know what? We're all pilgrims in this thing. Come on, are y'all with me? Come on, how many y'all grateful for the grace of God? And by the way, by the way, by the way, I want to qualify something. Don't go through a tragedy or a sickness or a problem and get mad at, quote, the church because nobody was there for you if you stiff-armed, quote, everybody up to that point. If you go through a problem, let me tell you something. The pastors, if they find out about it, they'll be there. But let me tell you who's going to be there. Your small group. Are you with me? They'll be plugging in the crock pot in the hospital room, making roast. I mean, they'll be, are y'all with me? I really mean that. So, so, so this is the moment. This is the moment to get in the group, to be a part of a group, all right? We want to help you. We want to help you. This is the time. Try it. Six, seven weeks. All right, let me give you this last one and we'll close. Everybody say, get ready. Say, get in the word. Say, get in the groove. All right, here it is. Here it is. Number four. Everybody say, get in church. Maybe once or twice a year I talk about the importance of church attendance. Watch the story. I'm just going right through the Bible. Exodus chapter 19, verse 8. All the people answered together, together, and said, all that the Lord has spoken, we will do. And Moses brought back the words of the people to the Lord. There's something about being together. There's something about corporate worship. There's something about everybody being together. I'm going to ask everybody at all of our campuses, please give me, give yourself the next six or seven weeks, all right, because I'm starting next week. I'm asking you, just say, this is the year, honey, this is the year. We're going to do it if you're married. This is the year. We're going to go every week as Pasha during this series, and we're just going to make it a point. Now, the Lord answers prayer. Let me tell you why. We start next week. I'm a Saints fan. Guess when the Saints game is? 5.40 on Sunday afternoon. When they win there, guess when the next week game is? 5.40 on Sunday afternoon. Then we skip a week, and then the Super Bowl, 5.40. How many of you know God answers prayer? There's no excuses. Are y'all with me? There's no excuses. There's no, and yes, LSU plays on a Monday night. No excuses. Go Tigers. But are y'all with me? I'm telling you. Something about... I got to say this story. I'll probably get in trouble, but I got to say it. This lady came up to me one time. She goes, Pastor, were you speaking to me today in church? I said, in all due respect, I wasn't speaking to a lady across town at First Baptist. Of course I was talking to you. Who else would I be talking to? She said that. She goes, you were speaking directly to me. 
let me say this. If I'm your pastor and you believe that I'm semi-spiritual, that I'm actually here, God, a little bit, could it be that God may speak to me about you and the very thing that I say on that weekend is the thing that touches your life? Not because I'm special. Remember, I'm just a Domino's pizza delivery person. You're the one to eat the food. God's the one that makes it. I'm just delivering it. All right. Could it be? Could it be? Could it be? Could it be? Week two, week three. Could it be that God knocks on your heart and I deliver something, listen, that changes your life? Now, I don't change your life. Jesus changed your life. But listen to me. Listen to me. I'm asking you for the next six to seven weeks, every weekend, everything's going to come against you. Every challenge is going to come. Every excuse is going to come. Just go, no excuses. Everybody say, no excuses. I'm telling you, this is for you. This is for you. Watch what God will do in your life. Watch what God will do in our church. I'm believing for big things in your life. I'm believing that this is going to be the greatest year ever for you. But we got to prepare. Come on, y'all receive that word? Let me pray for it. Let me pray. I'm going to ask our prayer team to come forward right now as well. I'm going to ask our folks to stand if they could at all of our campuses. I'm going to just pray, Father, bless your people. Lord, we ready ourselves. We prepare our hearts. Oh, God, do in us what only you can do. Holy Spirit, we open ourselves. We open ourselves to you, God. We are believing for big things. An outpouring of your spirit in our lives personally, in our families, our homes, oh God, in our community, and yes, in this church. Lord, we're going to do our part. And Lord, we know you're going to do your part. Lord, bless your people as they go forth in the mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said...